0: We'll have three games live on The Roar, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. Every broadcast will be available as well on ClemsonTigers.com. As we await the Tigers debut in McWherther Stadium this spring, be sure to catch the debut of the 2024 Clemson softball team right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. Six sports minds playing with powerful toys. He's got some tools. 105.5 and 97.5 FM. We are The Roar, where every day is game day. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? Buy some old tab collars. Welcome back to the age
1: of Jive. Hour two out of bounds. William Parker Bush and Ben Milstead live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios and here at the Thesis Hotel in Coral Gables, Florida. Clemson Women's Basketball at five forty five pregame and six o'clock tip tonight down in Miami, taking on the hurricanes. This is a quad one win. The Tigers got one on Sunday. It's still quad one. Uh, and um, they could get another one. This would be, I think probably, if I'm looking at the quad system, uh, this would be the biggest win of the year, and it's one that Clemson feels that they can get. Uh, there's a level of confidence with the way that they're playing and the way they match up with Miami. Uh, Miami has been a tough out for uh, for Amanda Butler in the past, and so um, they're going to have to play well, and Miami plays well in their building. But uh, this is a Miami team that's not quite as strong maybe as a couple of their predecessors. So Sarah uh, Joe Lawrence and I, and I will have that call for you tonight. Uh, Clemson softball against Missouri State tonight at 7 o'clock at the top of hour 3. You'll hear from Ariel Oda. I had a great conversation with her about her college experience and the season coming up. She's one of those uh, super seniors, the 60 years, um, who were there when there was nothing with Clemson softball and um, she's going to definitely have a big role in this team. Still, kind of trying to see exactly what that is, but uh, she she gives some thoughts on that. Six uh, five four roar is the number. Six five four seven six two seven. Omaha Hank says football's such a big deal in that rivalry. The Auburn and Alabama couldn't help but turn it into a football game. Uh, Touche, Hank. Touche. That's very well done. Um, the The other thing I want to talk about, and we we discussed this yesterday, I think briefly. When we were talking about Clemson and North Carolina and the big win that Clemson had there, the ridiculous notion of a two-bit ACC, and even, I would say, the ridiculous notion of a three-bit ACC um, and I, I'm going to call it ridiculous while still explaining why that was the case. Um, and, and Ben, you know this is true. like there, there are teams that we look at. We watch them play, and you say, that team looks formidable. And then it's easy to look at metrics with some of these teams and go, oh, well, okay, now I see. Um, you haven't won enough quality games. We understand that you have to have the resume piece. Like, the body of work is legitimately a factor. But if you're playing well, the body of work is going to take care of itself. Uh, if you're playing well, you're not going to have body of work issues. And right now, I think what we were saying about the ACC while some other people were just looking at a spreadsheet, just looking at Excel, uh, they were putting on their Dilbert glasses and they were being nerds about it. When we were actually watching the games and we were trying to uh, trying to parse out which teams deserve to be in, which teams looked like NCAA tournament teams, we were saying that a two or three bet ACC is ludicrous. And some of the teams that we brought up, I mean, Clemson. Obviously, there were folks that, uh, for whatever reason, that thought Clemson. You know they, they weren't looking their best, but they still, you look at the resume, clearly, um, clearly had an NCAA tournament resume at the points where people were talking about them being questionable. Look at other teams and what their resumes were. Look at what Clemson had. There's no way you were going to leave Clemson out of a tournament field. Right now, Clemson has four quad one wins. They're seven and six against quads one and two. They only have one bad loss, 15 and seven. They are in no doubt. Another team that's in no doubt, in my opinion, right now is Virginia. People have been slow on Virginia because their non-conference had a lot of Quad 4s and Quad 3s, which apparently is fine for the Big 12, uh, but not for the ACC. Virginia now has two Quad 1 wins. They have six wins in Quad 1 and Quad 2. They're 34 in the net. They're easily in. The one team that's on the fence right now, and it's not about the aesthetics. It's not about like how they're playing, to me, for the most part. It's just about resume, is Wake Forest. Ben, what are your thoughts on Wake Forest? I assume you're with me on the first four. Duke, North Carolina, Clemson, no doubt. I think Virginia right now is a no-doubter, even though they've only got two quad one wins. I think the way that they built their resume puts them for sure in. What are your thoughts on Wake, who have now won back-to-back games um, for the first time since their first loss in a while, back on January 9th? They uh, they beat Syracuse and then won at Georgia Tech by 29 and are now sitting, I believe they're 33rd in the net, heading into a home matchup with NC State on Saturday. Um, your thoughts on Wake Forest as an NCAA tournament team at this juncture?
2: Before I answer that, l- let me just maybe try to get you and some others to back away from the ledge just a little bit. It's early February the the number of projected teams at this point I, I could care less I really could because it's never ever ever going to be a a two team league getting into the NCAA it's it's that's never right. ever happening um, there is a I would say there is a there's a better chance of six teams than two teams I, I mean so I'm just I'm not going to get I'm not going to get bent out of shape over that. With that said, right now I th- I think Wake Forest does look the part. The problem is their non-conference was just not very good. Uh and they need to show some consistency here down the stretch. Yeah,
1: I agree. I mean, you look at their non-conference, you look at the sort of the, the games that they played well in. Uh they were not, you know, their their neutral si- or um their home win over Florida was the only win in Quad One or Quad Two that they got in the entire non-conference. Um, they lost to Utah. They lost at Georgia. Uh, they lost to LSU. They just there wasn't a lot of meat on the bone there, and so they've had to kind of wait in conference play. Their first Quad One win in conference play came like three weeks ago at North Carolina. My thing with Lake Forest is, and th- this is kind of what I'm talking about, like. W- w- Virginia was looking like t- you know, it's like you could sort of see how Virginia needed to continue to win but there was this idea like you're talking about that the tournament doesn't start today and if Virginia keeps playing this way the quad one wins are going to come. Wake Forest still doesn't have a quad one win. They have five quad one wins in their uh, five quad one games rather in their last eight conference games. At Duke, at Virginia, Duke at home, at Virginia Tech, and then Clemson at home is now a quad one because Clemson has moved up to 29 in the net. I think Wake Forest is going to win at least one, if not more, of those games. And then when you start looking around the country at other teams, this is where you start sort of comparing middling resumes. I count, uh, I, and I did, this, I did this really quick math before the show today, I counted 56 teams, when you consider the teams that are taking automatic bids and then teams with, like, resumes that look the part, that they're, to me, they've got multiple quad one wins or they've got a winning record in quad one and quad two or their uh, quad one wins are equal to or greater than their quad three or four losses, um, that they're in the top 45 of the net. I mean, like, I, I looked at all that stuff. There are 56 teams right now that I feel good about being in the NCAA tournament. That means there are 12 slots still for pretty average resumes, right? I mean, we say this every year that it's a weak bubble. I just think it's the bubble. It's what it is. Wake Forest is a good enough team, that, they, and they've got enough opportunities down the stretch. I believe this is going to be a five-bid league. and I, I say five at minimum, Ben, because I'm still looking at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's sitting at 53 in the net. They've got three quad one wins. I know they're three and seven. Uh, honestly, their resume has been, it looks a little bit like Clemson teams in the past that barely miss um, because they haven't taken advantage of enough of their quad. They've had a lot of quad one games that did not take advantage of enough opportunities. They still have a couple of those left and three quad two games left, but they don't have any bad losses. Uh, non-conference was pretty strong um, in terms of their strength of schedule and some of the teams that they played. And I think if they can win a couple of these games down the stretch, I think Virginia Tech can say something about it, and I think Miami can say so. Miami's got five quad two wins, Ben.
2: Yeah, Miami's got. They're you know, yeah, five I, and I, five and two there. I, you know, and that, I was actually just sitting here looking at Miami. The thing about Miami is they they've underperformed this year because they they have better pieces and they have more talent than what their record would indicate. So I. I would say I would put Miami in the category of, you know, still in play, but they've got a ton of work to do. I would have said the same thing about NC State until they lose at home to Pitt last night, Uh, and and I think that probably sealed their sealed their fate there.
1: Yeah, and NC State they're sitting at eighty in the net today. Um, They have no quad one wins. Uh, They're like the metrics of Ken Palm and stuff, not super kind to them. Um, They they look like an NIT team, you know, a solid NIT team that's going to maybe win a game or two in the NIT. Now, I say that. They have five quad one games left, and if they want to do something, they're going to need to win one of their next two games. If they want to put themselves in a conversation at Wake Forest and at Clemson, they're going to need to win one of those two, and I don't see them doing that. Like, some of these teams, like, you can – you know, Miami, you could see Miami going on with their personnel and what they, what they do and how they play. You could see them, like, figuring it out and going on a run. I'm not sure I feel the same way about NC State. And quite frankly, I'm not sure I feel the same way about Virginia Tech as I do about Miami or even a Pittsburgh, that right now their resume is starting to strengthen a little bit. Um, with that win at NC State, they've won three in a row now. They beat Wake. Um, they handled Notre Dame. They've got at Virginia coming up next week, and they've got at Wake coming up, and at Clemson coming up with some opportunities there. I, like I would almost feel better about some of those other teams. I just think NC State's kind of in their station. What are your thoughts on that? Uh,
2: yeah, I do too. And let's go back to Wake real quick. Um, they need to they need to win the games that they're supposed to win, and by that I mean the NC States and and Pitt. Um, you know, at Notre Dame, they've got to win those game. They also have wh- – where is Virginia ranked right now? Uh, Virginia is – they're mid-34. Yeah, so they also have four – I'm talking about Wake Forest now. They have four games that would be quad one games on their schedule as of right now remaining, two with Duke. At, at Virginia, and home with Clemson. So, you know, in, in theory, they could lose all four of those as long as they win the others, and their their net ranking is going to move up, and that actually might be – that's going to be good enough to at least get them squarely on the bubble. I mean, you yeah, th- I you think, think so?
1: I think that's right. Now, I think if they move into the top 30, there's a couple teams in that range sort of with Wake Forest – that I think, like, you need at least one quad one win to separate yourselves. Wake is one. Gonzaga is another one. They're sitting at 26. Gonzaga doesn't have the opportunities coming up, though. Like, you're already seeing, of so, like, people are, are looking at the writing on the wall with Gonzaga. Um, they play at Kentucky on Saturday. They're not going to win that game. They're going to give up 100 points. They're not going to win that game at Kentucky. They play at San Francisco and at St. Mary's. Those are their three opportunities to get quad one wins. If Gonzaga goes into the West Coast Conference Tournament without a quad one win, they're going to have to win it to get in. I would say the same thing about Wake. Like you, I think you have to have at least one. And with enough opportunities, with the number of opportunities that Wake is going to have down the stretch, they need to win at least one. You're right in what you're saying about their net rating. I just think if you go in there and the committee's looking at Wake Forest at 33 with no quad one wins as opposed to, for example... Boise State, okay, like I think Boise State is a solid team, obviously, it helps Clemson that they're at forty in the net because Clemson really handled that team. Boise State is five and four in Quad one and seven and six in the top two quads. they've got a worse net rating than Wake Forest, but if you're putting those if you're trying to decide who belongs in the tournament, Boise State's quality wins are going to probably outrank what Wake Forest has done if they don't have at least a one in that quad one win right
2: well which what i'm hearing you say is that it's going to come down to the final game of the regular season for wake forest and that's going to (laughs) be the most important game of the year to them on senior night and let's see who is there oh yeah clemson comes to town fantastic (laughs) (laughs) of course that's the that's the way it's going to work of course
1: um we're looking at we're looking at the ACC in this regard. Uh, I was looking at the SEC this morning too, and you know South Carolina is sitting at forty three in the net, but they're tied for first in the in the SEC right now. Um, South Carolina is three and two in quad one. They have opportunities coming up now. Like I think South Carolina's in the tournament. I ain't worried about that. Yeah, but Lenardi talk-
2: hasn't projected a five seed today.
1: Yeah, I mean they're 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 golden as it stands right now. They have five quad one games left. Uh, if they can win a couple of those, you're talking about a top four seed potentially. And if like you you can't lose at home to Vanderbilt on Saturday, you you can't lose to LSU at home as a quad three. But there's enough difficulty remaining on the schedule, and there's enough that they've already done. That, I mean, in their last six games, they've got two quad one wins. They've won six in a row. Two quad ones and three quad twos in there. Their resume is solid. It's as solid as it gets. People are talking about South Carolina winning the league. I mean, they still have have a tough, like, it's a tough road to hoe. At Auburn, at Ole Miss, at Texas A&M, at Mississippi State, and Tennessee at home are not easy games by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But they are capable of winning those. If you can go to Tennessee and beat them, you can certainly beat them in your place, and you can go to any of these other places and beat any of these other teams. Um, I think the SEC is going to get, I mean, I think they could get as many as eight right now. Um, I have them with five uh, at the moment, and then a bunch of bubble teams in there, Florida, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. But South Carolina, Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky, they're, they're all going to be there at the end. And South Carolina may be for, foremost among them by the time it's all said and done.
2: Yeah, I, I'm guessing that Ole Miss right now is in. Um, and, yeah, probably a, Texas A&M, I would think, for sure as well. Um, I'm just – Lenardi has them with nine. would be surprised by nine, but I mean they are they are strong at the top. They really are.
1: It is a it's a very strong league, and um with some with some quality teams. That South Carolina's beat them all.
2: Um, quickly, I tell you what. I'll save that for the other side. I do want to ask you about your ideal seating for a team like Clemson.
1: We'll do that on the other side. Six five full roar is the number. Hour two continues right after this. Do you have sagging, softer,
4: bouncy floors in your home? Well, this could be a sign of rotten wood caused by moisture in your crawlspace. Damaged wood in your crawlspace can affect your home's foundation, and that can affect your home's value, and nobody wants that. Say goodbye to sagging floors and hello to a stable foundation. Contact Canty today for your free inspection at 864-641-0176 or visit KantiCanFixIt.com.
1: The Southeastern Wildlife Exposition, Seawee returns to downtown Charleston February 16th through 18th with new and returning special events. Don't miss dock dogs and herding demos at Brittlebank Park, birds of prey flight demos at Marion Square, live animal shows by Jeff Corwin at the Galliard the sporting showroom at the Charleston Marriott, and so much more. Tickets start at $35. Kids 10 and under are free. Don't miss Seawee, the wildest time in Charleston. Get your tickets today. Visit seawee.com, S-E-W-E.com.
5: Harbin Lumber Company has been helping build dreams since 1917, proudly serving our local communities for over 100 years for all your building material needs. With spring around the corner, now is the time to think about a new deck or deck remodel or screened porch. Have it completed so you can enjoy the great outdoors. Visit harbinlumber.com or call us at 706-356-4300 and let us show how we can help with your vision. That's
6: 706-356-4300 spring is coming and with it pollen season be ready to rid your ride of pollen by purchasing your tiger express wash anywhere unlimited fast pass visit tiger express wash online or any of their three locations for a pre-purchased monthly pass that can be used as often as you like at all tiger express wash sites in clemson pendleton and Easley. you can be ready in advance with a fast pass from tiger express wash
1: more locations same quality care New year, new you. I know you've been thinking about it because I was there too. i thought about it many years. And then I did it. Drop big pounds and never looked back. Look, like, any time's a good time to start something good and something new. But now, with the holidays in the rearview mirror, now's the time to start Ph.D. If dropping weight's on your mind, just for a second, forget exercise. We know it's great for a million reasons. But instead, call Ph.D. because it starts in the kitchen. Drop that weight. Keep it off for life. Now's the time. Go to the website, myphdweightloss.com.
0: Here at ATV Outfitters, we stock more
1: ATV, UTV, motocross, and street bike products than anyone for hundreds of
5: miles around. We have more than 10,000 tires and wheels on hand, and we pride ourselves on great prices and getting you the accessories you need fast. Come see us in the items that are readily available to get your vehicle ready for the street, trail, or mud pit. Don't buy elsewhere. We'll both lose money. Come by the store located at 2485 Rutherford Road, Greenville, or shop online at
0: atvoutfitters.net.
7: Total by Verizon is wireless that goes all in for you. That means unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, priced by us at $25 a line for four lines on the unlimited plan. And as always, no contracts. Sounds pretty hard to beat, but all in is all in. So we added international calling to fill the year with more, hey girl, because it can't be total unless it's all in. Find a store and exclusive deals at totalbyverizon.com. Monthly rate when you activate with auto pay discount beginning the month after you enroll plus taxes and fees. Additional restrictions apply. See website for data management practices and full terms. Call
6: the plumber whose name
4: is his number. One Tom Plumber. One Tom Plumber. I
8: need a good plumber fast. I always call One Tom Plumber. One Tom what? Here, dial the number one, then Tom Plumber. Or just tell your smartphone to call One Tom Plumber. They promise to be there in an hour. Call the plumber whose
4: name is his number. One Tom Plumber. One
7: Tom Plumber.
6: Broadcasting live from the UpCountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. UpCountry Fiber is a stronger connection.
0: 105.5 and 97.5. We are The Roar. Where every day is game, game day.
1: All right, hour two continues out of bounds. William Quaganbush and Ben Milstead. We're talking brackets and bubbles here, and specifically, we've been spending a lot of time uh, talking about the ACC, and in particular, the, the bump, the significant bump that teams like, and teams like, teams specifically, Clemson, Virginia, and Wake Forest have made this week that has put to bed all the nonsense about the ACC only getting like two or three teams in. It looks more like a five-team league right now, uh, a five-bit league, rather. And you had a question before the break, Ben, about the uh, a seeding, a proper seeding, or, or what you might do with a team like Clemson at the moment.
2: Yeah, so uh, Lenardi, as of today, has Clemson a seven-seed. Uh mentioned South Carolina projected five as of today. Uh, but so the seven-seed got me thinking, what – at this point, knowing what's left, kind of a a a ceiling and a floor uh now, you know, lose the rest of them the floor is you're sitting at home, <laughs> okay, so we'll go ahead and get that one out of the way uh, <laughs> but but I mean realistically, where you could fall, and for me I, I, you're you know unless you just got on i mean a five is still a possibility. I feel like a 6 or 7 is more realistic, though. And I think a 6-seed, quok is going from a 7 to a 6 is a big deal because I I like that 6-11 matchup much better than I like a 7-10. Yeah,
1: I agree with that. I mean, right now the 6-11 is the old 5-12, where the 11 seeds, you know, in some ways it's like that, that weird mix of the highest level, um, like mid-major, um, you know, uh, automatic bids, or it's a team that's capable of being – it's like the, you know, Clemson and Auburn-Panella lost to a 12-seed Villanova that had Scotty Reynolds and Kyle Lowry on it. I mean, how, like those are the kinds of the teams of, you might get.
2: How in the world was that ever a 12
1: seed team? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, what? that team lost like 13 games – but they were clearly playing better at the end of the year. That was a that was a horrible draw that, that that Clemson team got that year. And then by the way, that Villanova team ended up being real real good the next year and then moving on for a number of years. Um, I would say yeah, I mean I think I think a 6 seed is big. Well, and I think a 6 seed is big because I would I think the difference between uh, the difference between 10 and 11 is significant. I think the difference between playing a 2 seed and a 3 seed oftentimes is significant yeah. depending on your depending on your draw in that in that second round game. Um, I think Clemson, with what they have left, again right now they're four and four in Quad one, they're three and two in Quad two. Their Ken Palm and BPI and those kind of metrics would say that they're probably a seven or an eight seed. Their net ranking would say they're probably a seven or an eight seed. Um, they have four Quad two games, four Quad three games, and a Quad one left. From a resume standpoint. Um, if you don't lose any of the four quad three games, which I think you really shouldn't, that's NC State, Florida State, at Notre Dame, and Syracuse at home, if you don't lose any of those, and let's say you go three and two in the other ones, let's say you lose at wake, let's say you lose um let's say you lose Saturday at Syracuse. Do a little little human nature, okay? Um if you told me that Clemson won seven of its last nine games. That Clemson finishes the season at twenty-two and nine, and finishes the season. What would that be? Twelve and eight in the ACC, with four quad, like four and five in quad one. If if nothing else changes, if if games don't go in or out of uh, of of the the different levels, and then you're sitting at something like six and three in quad two with a top. 50 or 40 strength of record, top 50 strength of schedule out of conference, which is probably about right. Um, I, like probably a top 15 overall strength of schedule. I think Clemson's probably like a six seed, um, depending on what they do in the NCAA tournament. And and some of this too, we know this now. Some of it has to do with margin. Some of the Wake Forest people were apoplectic. Um, and not in a you know not in a bad way because it it was good for them, but they were apoplectic that beating Georgia Tech badly was better for them than beating uh, you know uh, somebody else by three like George winning at Georgia Tech by twenty nine did more for them than any of their recent results, and it's because of the the efficiency numbers they they have been able to win by big margins. And that has started to increase the efficiency numbers. I said this about Clemson. I was talking to, to one of the one of the Clemson women's basketball staffers last night. And one thing is, they're thinking about postseason now and what they've got coming up. And they've still got you know they've still got some work to do to get to the NIT. But like I think there's a there's a a decent chance that they get into the NCAA bubble conversation because of how many quad one games they played, uh, the opportunity to win a couple here down the stretch. But what I said was, you know, uh, somebody brought up to me, well, you know, you're, when we play some of these lower-level teams, our net's not going to go up. And I said, well, it depends. Uh, because on Clemson's ledger right now, you have a 70-point loss to your rival in South Carolina. You have a 30-point loss to Auburn. Those are things that you're still climbing back from. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I know this is tough to, to frame it this way. But if you've spent your whole, this is going to happen to some of the big 12 teams too, where we're talking about them gaming the system. When you've built up big margins in your analytics and your, your efficiency numbers early in the season, if you play a bunch of close games, those margins get tighter. So even if you're playing tougher teams, the net is less impressed with your efficiency. I don't know if that makes sense at all. It's hard to do it without like, showing you a board on that. But suffice it to say, Clemson is still able, because they've not been blown out, um, they've not been, you know, they've not, they've also not been blowing teams out. They've got a pretty decent, um, efficiency track record that if you just win these games in, with semi-comfortable margins, you're going to be able to increase on the efficiency side, even if some of these quad three games don't help you in terms of your resume. Does that make sense, Ben, what I'm saying? That that's how I'm coming out with a six seed here.
7: No, last... I
0: no, mean, wait a second.
2: Yeah. sorry. Um, No, i mean it it makes sense to me but you and i are both kind of nerds on this stuff Texture said i thought margin of victory no longer factored into the net not exactly true um they tell you they did remove that directly from the net however it it is a major factor in your efficiency rating and the efficiency rating is part of the net so i got that right correct that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the weirdness of it. So it's not so, a, f- a
1: factor on one part, but it is a factor on another part. Yeah,
2: all, all they really did was hide that because when because you remember when the net came out, we switched from RPI to net. People lost their minds over. Well, you're just encouraging people to be unsportsmanlike and blow out your opponent, so that they they then revamped it and all they really did was just hide it in the efficiency rating.
1: That's right. That, that's, and, uh, you know, I, I get these questions a lot from people when they ask me. They, they go, well, why, why can't they just tell us the formula? And I don't have a good answer for that. Like, why, why well, can't they just tell us the formula?
2: Because of what the Big 12, some of the Big 12 coaches have done. They have, they have basically figured out the formula on the efficiency rating side, and they are scheduling to beat the system and that so they don't want you to know how it's calculated because then you would know how to beat the system now you, coaches and staffs are smart enough now to figure it out but they you know make it make it as tough as you can uh to figure it out the other thing i'd point out since we are way down this rabbit hole now and and a texture was asking about you know quad one home versus away and things like that I feel like at some point we do need to refine that and here's why so if you nobody's going to dispute that it's easier to win at home but a home win to be if you are a uh you know, you're Clemson say and you are you, your opponent is ranked 29th Wait a minute, i I got to think through this. Um, it's 1 through 30, for it to be a quad one, it's 1 through 30 at home, but it's 1 through seven, 75 on the road. I don't feel like, I feel like there's a big, you know, you have an advantage at home, but I don't feel like it's that big of an advantage. To, okay, yeah. Okay, so... If you play right right now, Houston is the number one team in the nation in the in the net um If Clemson played Houston at home and won that it would count as a quad one the same as if they played at North Texas who was number seventy five and one. are those two created are are those two the same thing? No, you see my point. No, yeah, those are
1: silly, and, and, I, and I I understand why they did it, but it's they're the cutoffs are silly.
2: Yeah, and and I I acknowledge I'm taking the the most extreme. Uh, I mean, I took number one and number seventy five, but still, I don't know hosting Houston or hosting Purdue, hosting Purdue. At is the same as winning at North Texas. Yes the, the, the and, uh, Again,
1: we're, we're down this rabbit hole now. Wouldn't it make sense to basically have your quad one be the teams that are going to the NCAA tournament? Like, to just say, a, a quad one win is a win against a team that's going to the NCAA tournament. Um, now, uh, again, I'm not saying that home and road and neutral should count the same, but what if we did this? What if we say, you know what, it's very rare that a team outside the top 50 in the net is going to the NCAA tournament. What if we make the cutoffs 20, 35, and 50, for example? Top 20 at home, top 35, neutral, and top 50 on the road. Those are your quad ones. Or 30, 40, and 50. To me, there's too many teams that you're beating on the road. Like uh, we talked about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is 61. That is a quad one win for Clemson. I'll go to the women's game. Clemson beat a Virginia team that I think is a quality team, but they're not anywhere near the NCAA tournament. Clemson beat a Virginia team that is under five hundred on the road on Sunday, and that is a quad one win. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't that doesn't seem like and I understand like I I don't I also don't like that because of that we have to say, well, that's not the right kind of quad one. That it's not really a quad one win. We're just doing this and that. I don't like that we have to do that, that we have to parse through these numbers to figure out, well, they they didn't really mean this team when they said the quad right. one is top 75 cuz this team doesn't check all the boxes. I just think it's silly where they have these where they have these lines set. And,
2: and, well, listen, and the the quad system is just designed it, it's just created to be a crutch for the committee. I mean, they're trying to make it easier on them and I get it. They got a lot of teams to evaluate. But now, I mean, earlier this year we had discussions about like a a super quad one or something like that because we're realizing now that not all quad wins are created equal and but but yet the committee will get to selection sunday and that will be what they reference well you know they were they were uh eight eight and four in quad four and that just wasn't good enough but they don't really know who those teams are
1: that's right. Yeah, you're not you're not really parsing through the the resume to figure out if it makes sense or not. I, I think I think the system needs a tweak for sure. I think it's really it's still confusing. Like we've had this system for years, and we still get every time we talk about this, we still get questions because it's not intuitive, and it makes our eyes like it, it makes my eyes roll in the back of my head trying to explain it to people because so, it do, it doesn't make sense.
2: So just kind of bringing it full circle a little bit as we go to break. We started off talking about Wake Forest in this conversation. Most of our listeners who are basketball fans can watch a Wake Forest game and know that they look like a NCAA tournament team. You also look at them and go, well, you know, they are they look like a team, but there's some question. Uh, I, like, you kind of know what those teams look like without having to have all this – uh, mathematical nonsense. That's right. Now I will say there's a danger for that
1: because I think there does need to be a body of work piece where I agree, if yes. you and, and you know what I was having that struggle with Virginia because I thought Virginia sucked in November and December, but they did have a couple nice wins. Their resume wasn't terrible, but like you can't be an awful or they wasn't great. You can't be an awful team and have a win over Florida the way they did, or you know Texas A and M or those, those types of things. So, I think there needs to be some sort of baseline with the body of work, but I sort of agree with you that when it comes down to the end of things, you can tell what team looks like an NCAA tournament team and what team doesn't, and ultimately, I think that does need to have some weight. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a weird system. Uh, everybody whose eyes are rolling in the back of their head. It's a weird system. I agree. All right, let's take a break. and we come back, Brian Edwards is going to join us. Uh, we'll have some more Super Bowl conversation with Brian. He's got some props and some ways to play the game. 654 ROAR is the number. Hour two continues right after this.
3: If you're dealing with the complexities of selling an inherited property or navigating a property in probate, Samuel Property Group is here to help. Hi, this is Brady Brannon, owner of Samuel Property Group, your trusted partner in real estate solutions. Whether it's navigating probate laws or needing a quick real estate sale without the MLS, Samuel Property Group can get you a quick cash offer in as little as 10 days Visit SamuelPropertyGroup.com today to turn your property challenges into great opportunities. First, it was Seneca. Then came Clemson.
5: Now, Joe's New York Pizza is in Central at 302 East Main Street. Featuring 10-inch personal-sized pizzas and daily lunch specials. A build-your-own salad bar and half-price Wednesdays on any take-and-bake pizza. Great wine selection. And get this, $3 pints all day, every day on their own Joe's House Lager. Served in frozen pint glasses. Dine-in or take-out Tuesday through Sunday, 11 and 9. New York style served with a southern smile. Joe's New York Pizza, 302 East Main and Central.
1: The Southeastern Wildlife Exposition, SeaWee, returns to downtown Charleston February 16th through 18th with new and returning special events. Don't miss Doc Dogs and Herding Demos at Brittlebank Park, Birds of Prey Flight Demos at Marion Square, live animal shows by Jeff Corwin at the Gallier, the Sporting Showroom at the Charleston Marriott, and so much more. Tickets start at $35. Kids 10 and under are free. Don't miss SeaWee, the wildest time in Charleston. Get your tickets today. Visit SeaWee.com, S-E-W-E.com.
3: William Nichols from Scores Jewelers you know I'm very fortunate to work in an industry that's almost entirely focused on celebrating life's good times and milestones like the anniversary highlighting 5, 10, 15 years or more spent with your best friend birthdays and Christmases and maybe the biggest day of all the marriage of two people her engagement ring is more than just a diamond and a piece of gold on the day it's given as a gift it becomes a meaningful symbol marking the start of your new life together in a few years you will not remember the price tag on her engagement ring But you will remember that look on her face when you open the box. That moment of sheer joy and excitement that says so many things to her that you could never express in words. This is the true value of a ring. The reason these things are handed down from one generation to the next. She's the one. Show her with the ring from Scores Jewelers. We'll help you find or make the perfect ring that says everything you want to say the moment you open the box for her. I'm William Nichols of Scores Jewelers in Anderson, and online at ScoresDiamondJewelers.com, and I want to be your jeweler.
5: Is your phone plan messing with your savings plan? Don't get stuck paying for things you don't want. With Verizon, you only pay for what you need. And for a limited time, when you bring your own phones to a Verizon store, you'll get an amazing price on your plan. Plus, you'll save on things you actually love, like the Netflix and Max with Ads bundle. And it's on our award-winning 5G network. Bring your phones to your Verizon store today for an incredible deal. A better plan to save is Verizon. Additional terms and conditions apply.
0: Welcome back to Out of Bounds with Quok and Ben.
1: Welcome back. Hour two the program continues. William Plagenbush, Ben Milstead, Brian Edwards is going to join us momentarily. Uh, first, this, a, this is a great question. Uh, this is a great question here. Uh, text from the h says, my gosh, that's a complicated system. No wonder college sports is dying. Basketball is no longer as popular as it used to be. The people running the sport are absolute idiots. So look, I, let me say this. I, I still think the net is better than the RPI. Because the net takes into account how a team is playing, a team's body of work does not take into account how a team is playing. Because and and there's not a good way to sort of value uh, like consistency over the course of a long haul. You need both. You need both in a good. It doesn't mean we've got the right balance. It doesn't mean we've got the right mix of of factors. The net is still an upgrade over the RPI. There's again, there's there's no doubt. There's no question about it. Um. But it is really confusing, and I do think that having, you know, your quad one sort of uh, represent teams that are going to the tournament rather than including a lot of teams that are going to be borderline nit teams in there. It just makes a little bit more sense to do that, and I think it would make more sense if we did it that way for the casuals who tune in the sport starting about right now.
2: Yeah, the the to the textures point. I mean, it's it's not a complete waste of a system. But at the same time, to be a sports fan, you shouldn't have to have a mathematics degree in order to understand how someone may or may not get into the tournament.
1: That's right. You know what we should do? We should have a system where it's all arbitrary, and a few uh, committee members sit in a room and come up with it, and the results <laughs> don't even matter. We should maybe we, is that a better system than uh, than the math? Yeah, that one's great. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Let's go to, by the way, they changed their structure. We'll talk about that more uh, coming up in hour number three. Uh, Brian Edwards is going to join us now. VegasInsider.com senior handicapper. He's at MajorWager.com and at B Edwards on Twitter as well. Brian, what's up, man?
4: What's happening, guys? Great win for Clemson a couple nights ago. That was one of the funner games I've watched this year but then I think uh Providence and Creighton might have uh edged it
1: last night I don't know if you guys
4: got the tune in for that I was a thriller as
1: well you know it was fun until the last uh well no it was fun throughout you know what I confused that one in my brain with the uh the Villanova Xavier game where Villanova passed it did you watch this one where they passed it around for like 17 seconds down three and didn't even get a shot off at the end I, I saw the highlight. W- I wasn't watching it live. I was
4: watching Providence I mean, and Creighton live. Last night. My gosh!
1: Awesome. Providence and Creighton was a great game. Uh, I don't doubt it. Are you do you do you start uh, stressing out over net ratings and, and projections and things like is, it like is is now a good time to start doing that in your mind?
4: Well, the Gators have been a bubble team for seemingly a half dozen years, so I feel like <laughs> I stressed about it more like mid-January on. Uh, the last, uh, you know, half decade or so. So, sure, I'm stressing about it plenty uh, right now, uh, but that's just being a gainer.
1: Um, let's talk about Super Bowl, and maybe we'll get a couple of more uh, college basketball thoughts at the end if we have time. Um, let's talk about game first, and then we'll go props. Last week you gave us Chiefs plus two, um, and you said you're you're thinking you're going to stick with it. That line has been pretty sturdy you're still uh, you're well, still sticking with that Chiefs plus a two here.
4: Yeah, nothing too complicated. I just uh, nothing against Purdy, but I you know I feel like we got a, a healthy advantage at the quarterback position. I feel like we've got an advantage in the head coaching department, and not that the, the defenses play each other they don't. But I feel like Kansas City's got the better defense as well, and I feel like San Francisco is really fortunate to be here. Thought Green Bay and Detroit. Uh, could have easily won those games, and that, you know there's probably two schools of thought for that. If you're a Niners fan, like you know you're you're in the Super Bowl, you haven't played your best football yet, so I guess that's kind of a good thing for the Niners. But at the same time, um, and we can get into it. In the props, so I'll share some stats. But I just think the defense is uh, is struggling, so I like KC plus two. That's my my biggest bet, and I do that larger than all the other props. Like the props are you know small bets compared to my main pick, which is uh, the Chiefs.
1: All right, let's uh, take another one on a side before we get to some player stuff. Uh, Chiefs team total first half. Tell us, your, uh, tell us your thoughts on that one. Yeah, so it's 10 and a half, and it's either e- even money or maybe even a small plus.
4: Might even be able to get plus 105. Uh, yeah, so all you got to do is get 11 points, and uh, KC in the playoffs, they've scored 16, 13, and 17 by halftime, and, you know, we just saw uh, Detroit scored 24 in the first half against San Fran. So Chiefs team total is you know one of uh, over in the first half is what I'm doing. Kind of same amounts as my props.
1: And I take it you uh, you feel better about when you're when you're doing props. I'm always interested to hear the strategies here. Some people like to cast a wide net in case they're wrong. You like to kind of pick a lane, right? I mean, a lot of these are going to be Chiefs-related because you think the Chiefs are going to win the game. Is that a fair way to describe your strategy here?
4: It, it is, but, I mean, I'm not against having a couple of Niners props. Just, uh, I don't want to spend all week studying props. I got too much basketball to handicap. But it, you know what I'm saying? I just don't want to waste yeah. time and, 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 and now like 20 props. Nah, just, I don't want to do it like that. That's just hard to do money management-wise. So, it doesn't have to correlate. It just so happens, and I wasn't even really thinking about it this way. And obviously, you noticed it, and another radio guy this morning noticed it. All my props are on Chiefs, guys. I didn't even—I didn't do it on purpose, though. <laughs> All
1: right, let's uh, let's talk about Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Uh, you've got Travis Kelsey. You've got two Kelsey props: score first touchdown, and then you've got to play on his receiving yards as well. Yeah, so
4: I'm going to go Kelsey to score the first touchdown, which is plus 800 or 8-1, eight and I'm also going to go over 72.5 receiving yards. So he uh, only scored five touchdowns in the regular season, but he's had three in the last two games, and he did get that first touchdown against the Ravens. So 8-1 to one odds. Let's go Kelsey there. And after the 72.5, uh, we just saw Laporta for Detroit, the tight end, uh, get 97 yards on nine catches. And uh, I'm just confident that uh, Kelsey is going to get a lot of targets, and um, you know we've seen him get double-digit targets in two of these three postseason games.
1: Visiting with uh, visiting with Brian Edwards here at Vegas. B Edwards on Twitter, VegasInsider.com, senior handicapper, and uh, also MajorWager.com if you want to catch his great work there. Um, let's talk punting for a second. You like uh, Tommy Townsend, former Gator. You like his shortest punt over. I'll admit, I didn't even know this was on the board. Tell me your logic here. I'll concede
4: that I didn't know this kind of bet was on the board. I just ran past <laughs> it and Townsend, being a Gator, I noticed it. So um, his shortest punt of the game, I'm going over 38.5. I really think our only concern is a, a pooch-type uh, punt. He averaged 46.1 yards per punt in the regular season, 47.1 in the playoffs. The regular season ends... Uh, playoffs, he's basically punting about 3.3 times a game. So, and look, even if it is a pooch-type punt, even from midfield, you know, uh, as long as he buries it inside the 11, uh, we'll be good on that. And, you know, with all the analytics these days, I don't think we have to worry about him punting really inside the 40, especially with Butcher's leg, because I mean, even if they're at the 39 facing the fourth and long, you know, we've seen Butcher make, uh, you know, 55-plus yarders uh before in the playoffs so uh i don't i don't i, I don't even think we'll have a punt that's going to be kind of iffy uh in terms of him teaching it, but if we do uh it doesn't mean we're dead so over thirty eight and a half the shortest punt for Townsend
1: all right and then finally uh we'll take a look at the uh at at one that I've got a little taste of myself I'm glad we're on the same page on this. I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to go for like 100 yards. I think he's going to run all over San Francisco, and you feel the same way. I think this is an easy one at
4: 67.5. Yeah, and so I'm over 67.5 rushing yards, Qualk, and look, some books, you know, you can get an alternate total, and I'm all for like what you're saying. I mean, I'd rather do something probably like over 80 or 85 rather than 100 because you're still going to get plus money. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all good with, you know, the alternate rushing yards at, at better prices as well. You know, if you want to do like the over 67 and a half and maybe do one more or, or two more, um, you know, it's pretty small amounts, though. Uh, so we just saw Aaron Jones uh, have all sorts of success, you know, on the ground, uh, 108 yards. On, uh, 18 carries, uh, in the Green Bay fan brand game. And then the Lions ran for 182 yards on 29 carries, better than six yards per, per carry. And David Montgomery had 93 rushing yards, one touchdown on 15 attempts. And Pacheco has had, uh, 68, 97, 89, and 130 in the last four games. So Isaiah Pacheco, KC running back over 67 and a half. And like I said, not against any, uh, alternate, uh, rushing totals at plus money.
1: All right, uh, and finally, I want to I ask you about something you wrote at MajorWager.com. I believe it was this morning where some of the, uh, some of the college football odds came out. Is it too early to feel good about numbers uh, based on what we see uh, coming out with Fan, from FanDuel, those dozen or so games that have been re- uh, revealed so far? Yeah, it's, it's kind of too early
4: just because I- well, and a fan to account, so I'm not really worried about studying these rosters for the game. But look, it's still interesting nonetheless, especially since we got a Clemson game in there. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and you'll probably remember as well as me, Quak, I believe this Georgia was 11 and a half originally to Clemson. Uh, you know, like a month ago. Now it's 12 and a half. Uh, some other interesting ones: is minus six uh, to USC in Vegas. Uh, A&M is minus one and a half at home. Uh, to Notre Dame in week one. Uh, then we look at week two. We got Texas minus 2.5 at Michigan. Uh, later in September, we've got Georgia minus 3.5 to Bama. Alabama was actually a short favorite when it opened, but then, you know, the Saban retirement and uh, a portal defection. Some other ones, we got Oregon hosts Ohio State uh, October 12th. Uh, Oregon's 1.5. Uh, Red River game, Texas minus 10.5 to Oklahoma. Georgia minus 1.5 at Texas. Georgia minus three-and-a-half at Ole Miss uh, in November. And then two more, Alabama is actually two-and-a-half point underdog at LSU. And Ohio State is up to seven against Michigan as they're tired of Michigan winning and their donors are throwing bags out to transfers. And that number, I, I want to say that was more like four-and-a-half maybe a month ago. And because of their transfer additions, that, that number's moved up. Oh, and obviously hardball leaving as well.
1: Great stuff as always, Brian Edwards, folks. Uh, VegasInsider.com, dot senior handicapper, MajorWager dot com, and at Vegas Edwards on Twitter. Thanks, my man. Enjoy the big game this weekend. Enjoy some college basketball as well, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Thanks, guys. All have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. All right, you too. That is Brian Edwards. I love you know I I love that he went Chiefs. Uh, plus the two, and then the Chiefs team total over, and then he took four props all Kansas City. I just, I like, I just think that's a that's a neat and tidy way to do it, and a neat and tidy way to uh to kind of think about it. And I'm glad we're on the same page on uh, Pacheco. That's that's one of my bold predictions for the Super Bowl, Ben. I've got, I've got a couple. I was saving them till tomorrow. Um, but one of my bold predictions for the Super Bowl is that Isaiah Pacheco is going to have over 100 yards I like against that. San Francisco's defense. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean. I think if Kansas City wins the game, they're going to win it running um, because Pat Mahomes' receivers can't catch, and he can't throw to Travis Kelsey all game. So that's, that's kind of where, where my head's at there. And I like I say, that's, that's just a little uh, what's your whistle there. Uh, we'll get more into that on tomorrow's show as we start looking at some other props. I will admit to you, when I was gone last weekend, I did put a little coin on one other player prop but I'm not going to tell you what that is today. I'm going to make you wait till tomorrow to uh, to figure that out. And it is not a Kansas City prop. It is a San Francisco prop that I very much like. Um, all right, six five four roar is the number if you'd like to join us. Six five four seven six two seven on the phones or on the Adams Co. Roofing text line. As we go through the show today, uh, we've got an hour left of the show. Here's what we're going to do at two o five in the next segment. I'm going to play. Uh, we're going to play my interview with Ariel Oda who is a sixth-year senior um, from the Atlanta area, and she is a remarkable human being, uh, really, really uh, neat personality. Uh, She is going to have a role in the outfield for Clemson softball. I was told she may be in the opening day starting lineup tonight. Um, She probably will play a good bit this weekend, and she has filled a lot of roles for Clemson softball over the past uh, few years. And she had some interesting thoughts about getting older in athletics and college athletics, and um, some interesting stuff to say about the softball season coming up and herself as a player and as a person. So uh, you don't want to miss that. We also have some college football stuff. I, signing day came and went yesterday. I we mean, never, other than the
2: rec- we never referenced it. That blows my mind. No. And we didn't no. need and to. So
1: I, no. I mean, I have some numbers down, um, but really the story is that. It needs to be a bigger deal. We need to bring that back. So just something, uh, just a couple of notes on that. Um, by the way, the recruiting wrap-up, I heard from a couple people in attendance last night. It went awesome on campus, so we did a little promo for that. So um, glad that went well. And then Nick Saban is an analyst. Um, what the heck is up with that, and what does it mean for ESPN? And um, Florida State fans now hate Nick Saban even more. I think that's how that
0: works. Uh, stay with us. Hour 3 of the program continues right after this. WCCPFM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5 Spartanburg. We are the roar.
8: Valentine's is approaching fast, so be ready for that special day. Roosters Men's Grooming Center has everything that you need to look your best for your special date. Get anything from a haircut or neck trim to a 7-step facial shave. This modern classic barber shop has everything you need to look your best. Call 864-884-8920 for your next appointment. Or use the new Roosters app to see more of the services they provide. Located on Pelham Road in Greenville. Royal Flush Toilet Rentals. If you want a potty like a rock star, you can with us. At Royal Flush Toilet Rentals, we offer construction port potty rentals, septic tank pumping, and luxury toilet trailers. Call 864-238-8800. We have two stall, three stall, and four stall trailers for your corporate events, wedding parties, and special occasions. Call 864-238-8800. Royal Flush Toilet Toilet Rentals.
1: The Southeastern Wildlife Exposition, Sea Wee, returns to downtown Charleston February 16th through 18th with new and returning special events. Don't miss Doc Dogs and Herding Demos at Brittlebank Park, Birds of Prey flight demos at Marion Square, live animal shows by Jeff Corwin at the Callier, the Sporting Showroom at the Charleston Marriott, and so much more. Tickets start at $35, kids 10 and under are free. Don't miss week the wildest time in Charleston. Get your tickets today. Visit SeaWeed.com, S-E-W-E.com.
6: Don't let turnover stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, leadership training, and team building for companies across many industries. Call Ryan at 864-513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash Upstate to discuss how we can create a custom labor strategy
8: it's moving day and tiger moving company is here to help skip the headache hire the professionals with the right tools for your move they're a clean cut and reliable team pack and assemble furniture seamlessly so all you have to do is make yourself at home to top this all off they even start and stop the clock at your house charging you a flat hourly rate no rounding up call today at 908 9028 or email tigermoving at gmail.com to make your next move with Tiger Moving Company.
6: Engineered Sleep has been a roar partner for over eight years and your support has meant the world to them. They design and manufacture some of the best mattresses in the world right here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've not visited their new 95,000 square foot facility at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive in Greenville you should. Go check out their mattress showroom and also take a tour of their factory. It is rare that you can buy Buy a mattress directly from a factory that has been making them since 1931.
4: Thanks
7: for calling Discover. This is Anjali.
0: Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card.
7: No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for
8: unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday?
0: Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Every shot, every block, every game. We're your home for Clemson basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are The Roar, where every day is game day.
1: Hour number three out of bounds, William Quaggibush and Ben Milstead. We are live here. Uh, I'm at the Thesis Hotel in Coral Gables just across the highway from Miami's campus and the athletic district and uh, the Watsco Center as uh, Clemson women's basketball set to take on Miami. Four hours from now, we'll have tip off 5.45 p.m. pregame there. Uh, Sarah Jo Lawrence and I will have the call. Clemson softball starts tonight. That will be streamed at ClemsonTigers.com. You could catch Tony Shufo and Reedy Davenport on the call there from Clearwater, Florida as the Tigers open up with Missouri State, who is uh, one of the top teams in the Missouri Valley Conference and a very good opponent. So uh, uh, two big athletic events, women's athletic events uh, going on tonight. Before we get to an interview with Ariel Oda, uh, I want to tell you about our friends at Landscaper Supply, seven upstate locations they're still running the free gas for a year promotion if you get a new gas grill, as I did, and you can have your propane tank filled for free for a year. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a great value. It's a great deal. Uh, they have another location opening up, a grand opening of their Anderson Piedmont store on at the intersection of Highway 8 and 81 uh they are doing this on february 23rd so two weeks from tomorrow you can enjoy free food uh all the vendors will be there milwaukee skag husqvarna you can register to win a free gill that you can enjoy uh all summer long they're a customer service company that just happens to sell the best brands this is uh the best brands the best solutions the best service all under one roof and again it's locally owned with seven upstate locations serving landscaper professionals homeowners seeking a better experience it's better than a big box store it's your upstate destination for your hardware needs again that's landscapers supply.com in piedmont anderson Easley, greenville greer seneca and in simpsonville all right uh let's go now to my chat i sat down earlier this week with ariel oda again clemson softball starts tonight and uh, she was awesome uh, I, I've talked to her in the past but had not done a sit-down like this. Really an, 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 uh, an interesting personality. Um, she's incredibly fun-loving and a very serious about the task ahead for her and for her teammates coming up this season. Here is a listen to my conversation with Ariel. Uh, Ariel, always a pleasure to chat with you. Really appreciate the time, and I appreciate your willingness to do this. I know it was it was a difficult thing to ask you to say words.
7: Oh, that's funny. No, I'm a woman of many words. I'm always talking. You actually can't shut me up.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that makes you great for this. Uh, that makes you a great candidate, and uh, we appreciate uh, we appreciate Valerie Johnson for really sifting through the weeds to find that. Um, you are a you're an eclectic personality in a team of eclectic personalities. Uh, how do you fit here? Like, what what do you see your role as in this clubhouse, locker room dynamic where y'all got some interesting people in your midst?
7: Yeah, for sure. We have a lot of different personalities. Um, I'm kind of the person that people go to when things need to be said that might be hard because um, I'm not afraid to do that, and I take, you know, I could do it easily. It's not not a personal thing. And I always try to let people know, like, hey, this is just we're trying to get the team better. We're trying to get you better. Don't take anything personal. We just want everybody to keep moving in the same direction. So I'm kind of that person. But I'm also trying to keep it light and keep everybody loose and having fun. So usually I'm out there dancing or having fun with Kenzie and we're doing something we're on the ground or we're rolling around either, whatever. Um, but I try to keep it light until, you know, we need to refocus and reset. And, um, if we're struggling, I'll get them back to where they need to be.
1: Have you always been like that? Or is that something you grew into over your time here?
7: Um, I feel like I've grown into it. Um, I've always been serious when I need to be serious. Um, But I feel like if other people are stressing, it's not going to help by me adding to that. So I try to keep it light and try to keep everybody having a good mindset and everybody's ready for the next play or everybody's ready for the next at bat. You know, obviously a lot of stress comes with softball. So I just try to, you know, make sure that people are in the right headspace for that.
1: Um, Your group of fourth- and fifth-year players that have been here through a lot of wars Mm -hmm. and have seen a lot of things, and there's still stuff on the table. Mm -hmm. You guys, what is that bond like between that group that's sort of like, The core of Clemson softball right now, understanding that this is the last time that you guys are going to start a season together.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely special. We've had a couple talks about how it's our last year and how we really want to soak it in and enjoy every moment. I mean, we've definitely grown as a group over the last couple years, but obviously coming into this year, we know that this is our last time we're going to be playing together and we're going to be spending all this time together um, just with like me and Joe or me and Aaliyah that have known each other for years and years. Um, it's really awesome to see how much they've grown as people and as players, and I can't wait to see how they perform um, this year.
1: What is your role looking like this year? Because you've filled a lot of roles uh, on this team in the past few years, and I feel, I feel like it's something a little different every year. So what as, as you're looking into the future, what does that look like?
7: Um, yeah, I mean, I've been in the lineup, out of lineup, running, Just hitting, just playing defense. Um, I've done it all, I feel like. You fill out Um, the bingo
1: cards really easily. (laughs)
7: Um, You know, it's always difficult to say in the beginning. The coaches are trying to figure out what's the best um, way for the lineup to look like, what's the best way for the defense to look like. Um, I just know that I'm a person that people can come to whenever they are struggling with something. Obviously, I treat our players, different players differently, so maybe one player needs – hey, criticism, like, hey, this is what you're doing wrong, this is what you need to fix, rather than somebody else needs to be like, hey, I want you to focus on this one thing, more positive, more uplifting, something like that.
1: So that that leads me to about 16 follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. We'll try to keep it a little bit short. Um, you, As somebody who maybe isn't gonna be in the lineup every day, you're gonna have a role every day, yeah. certainly, you just talked about it. Yeah. How hard is it to be consistent and to show up with that mindset, sort of looking how can i serve other people when you know that you might be asked to do different things on a daily basis for this team
7: yeah it it could be difficult but i don't see it as something that's difficult because i know that there's other people that are looking up to me that are watching what i'm going to be doing in different circumstances i'm just happy to be out there with my teammates and my friends um i it couldn't matter to me if i'm in the lineup or not in the lineup i'm just happy to be supporting my teammates um so it's not it's not difficult for me and I'm I'm happy to be the person that people come to if they if they need a tweak in their swing or I notice something sometimes they'll ask me like can you watch my swing if I'm doing something off and I'm perfectly happy to do that I'm the first one that's going to cheer you on off the bench uh, you know if you get a hit I'm always excited for that I don't find it as difficult because I you know a lot of people would love to be in my position to be on the team. You know, I think about it that way. I'm just grateful to be on the team, grateful to be around the coaches and support staff and the players that are around me.
1: I feel like younger players we generally see as, like, taking bigger leaps and then the, the leaps get a little bit smaller as you go through your career. What are the little leaps that you feel like you've taken as a player during this offseason?
7: I think that for me um, – I think I put a lot of stress on myself in the last couple of years. Obviously, it's stressful wanting to get a hit, wanting to stay in the lineup, not wanting to you know, see that lineup change if you're not in it. Um, so I think that just enjoying everything, enjoying practicing, enjoying the lifts, enjoying the mental sessions that we have, I'm not stressed about it. I'm just happy to be there. I'm just happy to be with the team. Um, I would say that wasn't the case probably a couple years ago. I was more focused on probably being more selfish, wanting what's best for me. I want to be out there. I want to do this and that for myself rather than what's best for the team, what's going to help us the most.
1: It's interesting uh, because you talked about your leadership, Mm -hmm. and I I feel like those two things come hand in hand. You start Mm -hmm. embracing your role as a leader, Mm -hmm. and you start sort of embracing the fact that these things matter. Mm -hmm. Um, Does it also help that, like, this is it, and so you know there are things that you're doing that you're not gonna experience again?
7: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I see myself definitely being more vocal. Um, The little things matter. I keep saying the little things matter. We need to do things the right way. Um, And if I see it, I'm gonna make sure I say something about it. I make sure we correct it as soon as something happens because we don't want to have these little things add up and then at the end of the season something kind of piles over or spills over. Um, so yeah, it's the, it's the last year, and I want to make sure that we can go out as best as possible. Go out in Oklahoma City, and that's that's the, really the goal for the season.
1: Visiting with Lota here on the program, uh, who is somebody that needs to be on my radar, needs to be on our radar, that we're not paying enough attention to, that you're watching in practice and going, God, like she is really good.
7: I would definitely say Julia Noller. Okay, um, she's one of the freshmen that came in this year. She plays the corners third and first and pitches a little bit, and her swing is pretty. I mean, it's a gorgeous-looking swing. She's from the left side, so she has power just like Valerie, hitting the ball over the scoreboard, as we've seen before. Um, But she's really fluid and really athletic as a player, and I really think she's going to do great things here.
1: You get to see the pitchers every day, Mm -hmm. so you get the best scouting report. And there's people that say, like, by this time – Nobody on your schedule is going to be able to hit the pitchers better than you guys are because you've literally been seeing them for a month. Yeah. What stands out from watching, particularly some of the older uh, pitchers who have been here for a while, what stands out from watching them the last month or so?
7: I mean, they're working really hard. They're doing extra conditioning while we're hitting. They're trying to get in better shape so they can go longer when it gets hotter and we have longer games. So they're doing extra. They want to make sure that they're prepared. Um, they're working on their spins while they're doing this and that. Um so I, I, could tell that they're putting in extra work, and I really appreciate that. Obviously, we're trying to hit, so they don't have to pitch as much to do as good. But we appreciate that they're, you know, working with KJ and the bullpens, and we can see that they're working hard, trying to get better.
1: What's your class schedule like right now? Like, what's your day to day from an academic standpoint? um, I love everybody (laughs) laugh. Like, all the older players laugh because they know what they're about to say.
7: Yeah, because, okay, so I'm in grad school. I'm getting my MBA right now. So that campus is in Greenville. Mm -hmm. So I try to take as many online classes so I don't have to drive back and forth from Greenville. But um, I'm in my last semester technically. So I only have two classes. And they're both on Wednesdays. So I have a morning class at 9. And then I'll come back here, do practice, whatever. And then I have a night class at 6 that's online. And that's about it.
1: Do you like that, that you have one day that's oh, real full yes. and then the rest of the time yes, you're good? Yes, because
7: every, I mean, the rest of the time I don't feel like I have to stress as much. I could just work on, focus on practice and then go home and then cook and then do my homework. I don't really have to worry about, oh, I have this class today, I have that class. Like, I just, it's just two classes a week, so it's pretty, pretty easy.
1: <laughs> I was talking to Leah the other day, and she was like, talking about how she's looking at all the freshmen going, oh, you know, that's so cute. Like, yeah. you guys have so many classes and you got so much stuff to do, and you get older and you're just, you're just like, kick back in a chair, you're like, oh yeah, I uh, haven't been class in three <laughs> semesters, you know, a real class. Do you feel that way when you watch younger players come through and they're all wide eyed oh, and they have yeah. no idea what's coming?
7: Oh yeah, for sure. I definitely was the same way when I came in here. I mean, it's different for what their expectations are going to be. Nobody really knows, you know, when you come in um, and it might be a shock when they first get here, but we, I think we walked them in very easily and they settled in really nicely. Um, but it's definitely different when we have, you know, like I have two classes a week and we're going to be away for 12 days and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm only missing like a couple classes. Like I'll be fine. not thinking about the underclassmen that are probably taking 12 to 15 hours and they're going to be missing much more than me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're going to be helping them, uh, with study all this stuff when you're in Florida and Mexico? With
7: what I can, with maybe some business <laughs> classes or some marketing classes, anything math, uh, it's a no-go. Uh, I can't, can't help much there.
1: <laughs> what do you want to do with your MBA?
7: What's the goal? um, The goal, you know, we're still trying to figure that one out, trying to pan that one out. Um, I'm going to be working with uh, the Wilmington Sharks um, this summer as an internship, a baseball team, a summer league. So I'll be doing that this entire summer. And then I'm planning on going back to Atlanta and finding a job there.
1: Okay. Do you know what field? I'm
7: not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. i think maybe sales or marketing for sure. Okay
1: so you've got some time yeah i don't want to get too far ahead because you got a season coming up and i I know that a lot of your script and a lot of your teammates script is yet to be written and a lot of the legacy that you leave is still on the table Mm -hmm. do i mean is this what you envisioned when you signed here with virtually nothing (laughs) you like you, you couldn't see anything it was all just sort of a vision and a dream at that point
7: yeah i mean i really didn't know what to expect you know, you know, when you come in the ACC, you have Florida State, you have Duke, and you have Notre Dame and some other schools that are pretty good. And we didn't really know we were gonna fit in there. We didn't know how good the team was, if we're gonna be stronger this way or that way. Um, and to see where we are now is definitely a, a awesome to see, um, how we've grown, how the players that they've recruited to come here, um, these amazing players, these young players that can do so many things. Um, it's more than I would have expected, for sure. Um, As a starting program, you don't really know what's going to happen or this and that. And the way that the coaches have kind of instilled these core values and brought up the team, I think, really helped progress us over the years.
1: You guys had... I don't know what the exact number was, over a 1,000 people uh, at the Orange and Purple scrimmage Mm -hmm. to watch you guys literally practice against each other. No,
7: literally, yeah. That's
1: that's amazing. And
7: it was cold, too. It was really cold, actually. (laughs) But it was awesome to see the fans there. I know that they're excited for the season start. We're super excited. I know we're going to be away for a couple weeks, and then we'll come back and be home. But I can't wait for the first home game in the Clemson Classic.
1: That is an oddity about... Softball, mm-hmm. And everybody does it. Like, mm-hmm. you go to the warmest places mm-hmm. ever, yeah. and you start your season, and then you, you come home. Mm-hmm. Are you looking forward to being away for a week and a half or however long, two weeks, however long you guys are going to be away? Or would you rather, I know you like to <laughs> curl up in bed. We were just talking about that. So, and like, is that going to be a problem for you?
7: Oh, no, no. I, I'm excited to go to Florida. I'm super excited to go to Mexico. I can't wait for that. Um, it's been a little chilly here, and I do like the warmer weather. Um, my shoulder does better in the warmer weather, uh, so I appreciate that, um, but no. We usually have a lot of time in between games you know, to work on homework or do whatever on your free time, um, so we should be fine with that, but I am excited to, to go out and go to Florida and Mexico.
1: I like that she, you started with homework, like you're going to have just an abundance of homework. That, that, feels, <laughs> this, like this a, that feels like a shot, yeah, I, I was going to say, it feels like a shot at all the freshmen. <laughs> Um, all right, final final question for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma City is the goal. Yeah. You guys are very upfront about it. Right. What have the conversations been like around it? It's just a matter of fact. Everybody assumes it. And how do you sort of keep your focus narrow on the task at hand when you know the big picture goal that's out there?
7: Yeah. Um, I mean, we know that we can make it there. We know that we can compete with the best teams. That was showed last year. Um, I think we just have to focus with – what's present and what we have. So like the games that are coming up, we have to focus one game at a time. We don't really wanna look forward too much and get ahead of ourselves. I really want us to just focus on what we're doing at the present time, focus on the little things, focus on being around and supporting each other. Like our first game, that's gonna be really exciting. And I know everyone's pumped up to see like how that goes. Um, And I am too. I just want us to stay present with that and not, not, get too ahead of ourselves and thinking too far in the future when we have all these games that we need to win first before we even get there
2: fantastic
1: ariel really appreciate the time it was a lot of fun best of luck with the season I, i'm very much looking forward to it and i know you are
7: yes thank you so much
0: I'm Justin Jefferson with the Minnesota Vikings. Hi, I'm Jamar Chase with the Cincinnati Bengals. Can
2: stop
0: why do I choose a Sleep Number
2: Smart Bed? Because I only go all out. Because I
0: can't be stopped. Because my Sleep Number Smart Bed helps me sleep at the right temperature all night. So we can take our game to the next level. That's why 80% of NFL players choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed. Sleep next level, perform next level. Save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends
1: Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. First, it in-
5: with Seneca. Then came Clemson. Now, Joe's New York Pizza is in Central at 302 East Main Street, featuring 10-inch personal-sized pizzas and daily lunch specials, a build-your-own salad bar, and half-price Wednesdays on any take-and-bake pizza. Great wine selection, and get this, $3 pints all day, every day on their own Joe's House Lager, served in frozen pint glasses. Dine-in or take-out Tuesday through Sunday, 11 and 9. New York-style served with
6: a Southern smile. Joe's New York Pizza, 302 East Main and Central. Did you know State Credit Union offers excellent rates on car loans? And when you get your car loan from State Credit Union, you'll enjoy having no car payments for 90 days. Visit State Credit Union today in Anderson, Clemson, Seneca, Greenville, Spartanburg, or Greenwood. Or visit them online at scscu.com. That's scscu.com. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing lender, federally insured by the NCUA.
3: I'm Eddie Bennett. Winter means colder weather and hot deals on Takeuchi at Bennett Equipment. We have Takeuchi track loaders, excavators, wheel loaders, and hundreds of attachments ready to go to work today. Why settle for less with other brands when you can have the best in Takeuchi? Stop by any of our four convenient locations and see why Bennett and Takeuchi set the standard for equipment sales and rental. And remember, when you need equipment in the upstate or northeast Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett.